2: Welcome to Reclaiming Your Sacred Path. I'm your host, John Anastasio, and we're here for a conversation about growth and the human spirit. I'm a healing practitioner, I'm an educator, I'm an author, and I'm a high priest of the Karelian nativist tradition. We're here to explore how you can set your own spiritual direction. Get guidance directly from spirit. Focus and direct your energy and follow your own heart-centered path. And welcome indeed. This is John Anastasio, and I want to thank you for sharing an hour of your time with me this evening on Pagans Tonight Radio Network and Blog Talk Radio. This is Reclaiming Your Sacred Path, and Uh, Just a little bit about the show before we get into our content tonight is that um, after about 24 episodes on BBM Global Network through the spring, I took the summer off and resuming tonight. I'm delighted to be on Pagans Tonight Radio and uh, resuming tonight with really what is episode 25 of Reclaiming Your Sacred Path. And if you're interested as we go along, if you'd like to listen to those first 24 episodes, you can visit my website. Powerandhealing.com. Power and is all one word, or Spreaker.com, which is S P R E A K K E R, and you can search there on my name or on or on reclaiming your sacred path. But if you go to my website, you will find it. So this show is going to be on twice a month, the second and fourth Sundays of the month, from about from seven o'clock to 8 p.m. or so Pacific time, and 9 o'clock Central time. And it's going to be following a show called Walking the Unnamed Path with Michael Greywolf and Matthew Sidney. So in this show, in Reclaiming Your Sacred Path, we're going to be talking about finding your own unique path, resuming your own spiritual journey. And we're going to be talking with people who have had to reinvent their lives in relation to deity, relationships, work, and ultimately their own inner selves. And we'll also be talking with people who are really established in the Wiccan community and in the pagan community. And we're going to be talking about really spiritual growth, your personal development, and finding your way back to recognizing that you are a spiritual being having a physical experience and what all of that means. So I'm actually really excited to have a chance to talk with you about this subject because I... Feel it's really something important. Uh, Reclaiming Your Sacred Path is the name of this show. It's also the name of a book I published in 2016. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a bit. But um, basically, it's really two things. One is it's a little bit of the story of my finding myself after about 30 years thinking I was on a spiritual path, needing it and reaching for it and realizing that there's a reason why they call this a spiritual practice. Uh, As in, if you don't practice it, you don't get the benefit from it. Uh, Because when I reached for it, I didn't really have the inner resources I thought I had. And so I set about needing to find it. And so for me, it was reclaiming my spiritual path. And the more I talked to people, the more I found stories like that, And the more I heard stories like that, and the more I found people who were having the experience of feeling really kind of at sea um, and feeling like feeling powerless, feeling not knowing where to turn. And at the same time, as I started to try to get myself together, uh, I began to meet people who were waking up to their own power and waking up to the fact that something needs to shift. And, This is at the same time that the uh, the institutions and the people that we've been brought up to trust and rely on for truth seem to be falling one by one or the veils being ripped away. And we're seeing the not so pleasant underbelly of some of the things that have been going on for a long time. But we're realizing that the old ways of doing things are no longer working. And this is probably sounding familiar to anybody who is involved in Wicca or witchcraft or any of the pagan or magical arts, because we're talking about things are being released. Things are coming down. We're going to have to let go of reliance on the things that really don't serve us in order to make space for the things that do. And so I want to welcome you to this introduction about growth and the human spirit. And we're going to have guests on this show. That uh, and you are welcome to call in, by the way. Um, and I'm gonna the phone number to call in at any point during the show is three four seven three zero eight eight two two two. And the guests we're going to have on the show, as I said, are going to be a variety of people who are who are witches, who are spiritual practitioners, who are shamans, who do a variety of things, and who. Are very sort of prominent in some cases in the metaphysical world. And so if you call in, you'll be able to talk with me, you'll be able to talk with these folks. And you can always email me at John Jon at powerandhealing.com if you have a question or want to share a comment about the show or make a request to because you think there's somebody that we would be great if we had on the show. And so Tonight, of course, if you call in, you're going to get the opportunity to talk with Lady Belladonna Laveau. Uh, She is my very special guest tonight. She's the Archpriestess of the Aquarian Tabernacle Church here in Index, Washington. And she has a lot of really interesting information to share with us about a number of things, including a festival coming up in October. And I'll be bringing her on in a couple of minutes. And, you know, we're fortunate because I'm coming to you tonight from clinton washington and the aquarian tabernacle church is in index washington so we are uh, we have the seacoast talking to the mountains and vice versa as index is in the north cascades here so it's really two wonderful places to be so lady bella and i will also be talking about some of the questions that came up over the last couple of weeks if you've been listening to the global wicca summit And it's things like, uh, do you believe that our pagan leaders are really downloading messages from deity? And can you learn to be a Wiccan or a witch online? Can you really do that? And there are a number of other questions. Some are more important than others. Some are more prominent than others. And some are more focused on how do we show up in the world as pagans and how do we show up in the world and have have our needs met by the institutions that are supposed to be serving us and how do we serve in a way that is understood and recognized and, uh, welcomed by our co-religionists, if you will. So I think that it's just about time to move on to the next segment of the show, but I wanted to share a a quote from Carlos Castaneda with you, because talking again about the reclaiming your sacred path idea, um, you know, reclaiming really means taking back. It means remembering. And I believe, and I think many of us who are engaged in this conversation tonight, listening or talking, believe that this is not our first rodeo here on this plane of existence and that we have been here many times. And each time we come, we, discuss, we, have, we come here with a purpose. And we may forget that purpose in the process of being born and in the process of growing up as very young children. But We get to remember that purpose. And if you look back in your life, if you uh, if you look back over your experiences about the things that brought you joy and the things that sucked you dry in terms of energy, um, you begin to get a clue for what is it that you're really here for. And so reclaiming is taking back that soul level purpose not somebody else's dropping whatever whatever we've been told our purpose is by our institutions and by you know our churches and schools and all of that, um, and really being able to express our own reality. Again, that spiritual being that we are, having this particular spiritual physical experience, everything that happens is an opportunity to learn, to be loving, and compassionate, and enlightened, and forgiving. And that is our sacred path. There really are the every I think almost every faith and religion has a statement somewhere that says you can't serve two masters. And really our choice is between two things. It's between fear and love. And fear is the voice of the ego, and love is the voice of the spirit. And so Expressing our reality, learning to be loving, learning to be compassionate and forgiving, that is our sacred path, and it can take many forms. And as Carlos Castaneda wrote, a path is only a path, and there's no affront to yourself or others in dropping it, if that's what your heart tells you. Look at every path closely and deliberately. Try it as many times as you think necessary, and then ask yourself alone one question. Does this path have a heart? If it does, then the path is good. And if it doesn't, it's of no use. So this is about your path. This whole show, all of these shows are going to be about you finding your path and being exposed to other people's paths and learning from that. And it's not about trying to sell my path. But now that we've woken up to being, now that we've woken up and we want to be, go where we are trying to go, the question is, how do we get back on track? And reclaiming your sacred path offers a process for that. And so, without further ado, I would like to bring on Lady Belladonna Laveau. and she's going to have we're going to have a conversation with her. First of all, about the Aquarian Tabernacle Church and a little bit about the church and and who they are and the kinds of things they do, and then about the festival that I mentioned. And so, I am going to. Introduce you to Lady Bella Donna Laveau And Lady Bella if you could Please go ahead and uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself and about the Aquarian Tabernacle Church
3: Hey John Thanks for having me it's wonderful to be On the show again so Delighted the to have Aquarian you Oh thank you um, The Aquarian Tabernacle Church Is One of the biggest And um Oldest legal houses, like the legal public houses of witchcraft of Wicca, that are um, of, of recorded history of Wicca, which is not very long. Um, we were uh, Jesus. We were. I was so interested in listening to what you said. I was just not even thinking about it. Here. <laughs> the the um, the church was founded in 1979 by Pete Pathfinder Davis who was a real legal eagle. He wasn't a lawyer, but he was the son of a lawyer, and his dad talked about law at the dinner table. And so he, like, knew enough to be really dangerous to the establishment. And he he happened to stumble upon Wicca and found a calling to protect our civil rights. and. Established the church, got us legally recognized by the IRS, and then went to establish a um, a fundamentally more powerful um, church designation by getting what is called an umbrella exemption, a group umbrella exemption with the IRS, which is different from a regular 501c3. A regular 501c3 makes you a charity or a non or a church and it gives you a designation there's nine digits in the the number it's a lot like a social security number it gives your corporation and charity a identity but a group exemption number is a four-digit number and it's it's what you get when you're the catholic church or the mormon church or um, one of the larger institutions where you can create some, local individual chapter groups under the mother umbrella without going through the IRS. And so it gave us a new status with the government because that's a very short list, a four-digit number. And it, it really gave us the opportunity to create infrastructure and different kinds of institutions than covens. A coven is a is a wonderful priesthood, but a church is designated as the under the IRS with certain benefits and legal designations. And by creating Wiccan churches, it gave us more political power as well. I mean, not that not that there are very many pagans that uh, are political by nature, but Pete to the government several times in one because of Pete's um, stature with the umbrella designation when he started standing up for our rights government officials listened and there are historic landmark cases that Pete fought where he um, he's the reason that guy right there, Pete Davis is the reason that we have the religious freedom that we do in the military because Pete had this uh, lawsuit against the SS Chandler. The SS Chandler versus the Aquarian Tabernacle Church are the other way around where he made it possible for us to have Wiccan services respected within the military. We have We have a volume of documents with Pete going back and forth with military officials and lawyers and stuff. Pete initiated the pagan, the veterans' tombstone fight ten years before we, we won it. Um, the Aquarian Tabernacle Church is like a, a civil rights icon for being the first and making things happen for the religion because we have this designation that he got us. We have a college. We have Spiral Scouts Youth Organization and – um, we just opened the first pagan charity called Pagan Earth Alliance, which is about sustainability, and we're having a new charity coming up called Save the Seeds Foundation. So the ATC's umbrella group exemption allows us to go beyond individual groups doing what they can to make their local group a be- local community a better place, and the ATC. Allows us to make the world a better place because it helps us to work together, and by working together, we can do more than we can working individually.
0: hmm
2: And so the uh, the church you're based in Index, Washington. That's where the the sort of mother church is, right? And so where uh, what other locations do you have?
3: Well, it depends on what kind of location you're talking about because we have, we have churches all over the the United States, Canada. There's, we're in Italy and um, Ireland, Wales, some people in Africa and Australia. We also have a lot of Spiral Scouts troops in Australia. Spiral Scouts is real big in Canada and the United States and Australia. Um, we have Wiccan Seminary students. All over the world, we just had somebody sign up from Korea. I was really excited about that. Oh wow! So we we have groups all over the world,
0: Mm -hmm. and
3: um, and even more, you know, members dispersed everywhere. Pete's been doing this for well since 1979, so there's a lot of us out there.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really it's grown a lot since then. So say some more about the Spiral Scouts. Yes, Sorry? yes. the Corellian tradition is global as well. And so, yeah. the um, say more about the Spiral Scouts. What is that program?
3: Spiral Scouts. You can find that at spiralscouts.org. It is the pagan response to the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts kicking out scouts who aren't Christian, finding out that a scout is Jewish or Buddhist or pagan. Mm -hmm. It happened years ago, and it had a lot of national press, and Pete was like, by golly, this is not going to happen for our kids. And he created a balanced scouting program where it's boys and girls together. There's no gender distinction. Everybody can do everything they want to do, girls and boys alike. And um, you, you can have a male or a female troop leader as well. So our badges we've got all these badges but they're based on um earth stewardship and Mm -hmm. it doesn't really teach religion but it teaches um pagan values to a good degree about sustainability and nature and learning about the the gods and their mythologies and things like that
2: that sounds like a wonderful alternative Sounds like it sounds like a really it filled a real gap for a lot of people. It's
3: a, it's a lot of fun, you know. There's a lot of those awards that I want to earn. If I had time, I would be a big old spiral scout troop leader and I would have all the badges.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. The um, that's amazing. So, listen, um, I what I'd like to do is take a little break and uh, I'm gonna play um, a song. That I mentioned, uh, I may or may not have mentioned up front that I'm a singer-songwriter, and and, uh, a lot of the songs that I've written are um, really on themes about personal growth and my own growth and development, and, and so I want to share one with you now. This is sort of an anthem for me. It's called One More Tomorrow. Wonderful.
1: Winter wind Getting in Though my doors shut tight Memories Last to leave Before I sleep through the night Promises Never kept Set my feet on the road On the moon Staying true to something I heard long ago Give it one more tomorrow Don't let go of your dreams Don't let the silence That follows your questions Keep you from trying again In between Where I've been And what I hope i followed streams of other dreams And they've taken too much of my life But now it's time for me to drive And find my way back home I wandered lost I learned the cost Now I'm taking Back my soul Give it one more tomorrow Don't let go Of your dreams Don't let the silence That follows your quest Keep you from trying again Give it one more tomorrow Don't let go of your dreams Don't let the silence That follows your questions Keep you from trying again
2: Okay, welcome back to Reclaiming Your Sacred Path. I hope you enjoyed one more tomorrow, uh, kind of in the spirit of continually waking up every day and seeing it as an opportunity to walk a little bit further, do a little bit better walking our sacred path, reclaiming our sacred path. So. Lady Bella, we were uh we were talking before the show well, we one of the reasons we wanted to get you on uh at this time of the year or this particular date was because you have a festival coming up that sounds extremely uh exciting and meaningful. Uh, and so please, you know, tell us about it.
3: So, Hikate sickle festival is coming up uh October 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st. Thursday through Sunday. And Hikate Sickle Festival is a really cool event because Hikate is the patron goddess of the ATC. And she is the goddess of many faces, right? She is all the all-mother, so to speak, all the the, the three fates, the Maid Mother Crone, the many faces of the moon. She's, some say she goes back to ancient Sumeria and even further. There's There's Arguments that she's been everywhere. She says that all gods are her, if you ask her. (laughs) So so we, every at Spring Mysteries, we do a very um, strict format. We do the Eleusinian Mysteries, and that's what we do every year, every year, every year. But Hecate Sickle Festival, because she has so many faces, we get to do a different face of Hecate every year. And so we get to do different things, which is really exciting. This year, we're going to do the Norse Pantheon. And we're going to have Friday night, um, Odin hanging upside down on the world tree, bringing the runes into reality and and handing out omens to the participants. Saturday night, we're going to have the three fates or the Norns, the three Norns, it's Mm-hmm. Erd or and schooled and you get separated into your um the norn that you belong to based on your age and life path and stuff like that you get to mm-hmm. choose where you go and then experience your um fate so to speak it's very well wow. ominous norns and stuff right <laughs> sickles gonna be a little bit intense and um We've got all these interesting workshops about the runes, and there's this whole pantheon of deities, each who are going to do a different ritual based on their mythologies on Friday. And it's just a lot of really exciting stuff to do. I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know that much about the Norse deities because I'm into <laughs> the Elysian mysteries. Like, I have some patron deities from other pantheons, but the gods are like, mm-hmm. we'll do this. Mm-hmm and nothing else, because
0: that
3: alone is such a scope of of work, right? So getting to do sickles and interspersing some other things in there makes it exciting and fun, and it also gives the people in the church who have some other ideas of what they want to explore an opportunity to share those mysteries while still bringing that super powerful, wonderful aspect that the Mother Church does with bringing the gods to life.
2: Mhm, mhm. So it's so it's three and a half days, four days.
3: It's four days. You get there on Thursday yep. around three o'clock when registration mm-hmm. opens, and it goes through Sunday. We close everything down at eleven a.m. So people can get on the ferries because you know awesome. out here in the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of water, and you have to get to the mm-hmm. campsite by crossing water on a ferry. It's really exciting.
2: It is. It is. And, you know, I mentioned the the good fortune we have of living in an extraordinarily beautiful part of the world in the peninsula. You know, this is at Fort Flagler in Ma- on Marrowstone Island, right? And it's uh, on the very eastern tip of the uh of the peninsula around the middle, you know, really pretty, it looks like it's pretty close to Seattle, but uh, the ferry makes it a little bit, the ferry and the driving makes it a little bit of a trip, but it's a wonderful, wonderful place to be. It's a beautiful place. And I, I just think it would, it will be an incredible setting for, for this particular work. So how do people find out more about it?
3: Sickle.me. It's like tickle me almost, sickle. S I C K L <laughs> E, Sickle.me dot <Perfect>. me.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. You know, I'm a mom at and, heart. Right, right. <laughs> so, say so. You also were mentioning the uh, the spring the spring mysteries uh, work that you do. The the yes. uh, the festival that you do in the springtime. So, say more about well, spring that.
3: Mystery, spring mysteries is is an iconic festival. It's been this is the 34th year in running. Now sickle's been around, I think this is the 29th year. <clears throat> so both of these festivals have been around almost as long as I've been a pagan. But uh Spring Mysteries Festival is the continuation. It's not the it's not a recreation or a reenactment or it's the continuation as close as we can possibly do it based on Scholarship and modern-day revelation, personal is the continuation of the ancient mysteries of Eleusis, which is that pilgrimage that they used to do a long time ago in Greece where... Everybody went to be initiated into the mysteries and they would spend like a year's worth of their salary and they would go get initiated into the mysteries and you couldn't talk about it. It's an oral tradition, but it was vital to the culture in Greece and it ran for 2,000 years. It's older than Mecca, like a long ways older than Mecca. So the God has called us to continue these mysteries and we've been doing it for thirty four years. It is a unbelievable people say I, I tell people about it and they say, Oh yeah, yeah, I know about that and I've seen that kind of a festival. We used to do that here. Church of All Worlds has done it and I used to do it in Georgia. But you you have to come to Eleusis to see it. I mean it it's not like anything that you can mm-hmm. discuss. It's an orally, you have to not tell what happens there, because you just cannot. Words, words wow. pale in comparison. You just cannot describe it. But this year is even more exciting than any other year we've been doing it because of two things. We are uh, naming a new archpriest. Which will be the second archpriest ever, the person to follow Pete, and hmm. um, that's Dusty Dion, my partner, and I'm very excited for him.
0: That's and exciting. Also, yeah,
3: it is really exciting. I'm 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 very happy for him. You know, Dusty has mm-hmm. been by my side for 14 years now. He has been a full-time priest. He has been to every ritual, every meeting, dragging all over the country. He's been everywhere and by my side. And I looked high and low for an archpriest to stand beside me to help me run this church. And every time I ended up turning to a priest to help me, it was dusty. Every time. Now, there are some fantastic priests out there. And there are many wonderful priests who could do a great job as archpriest, but the person that's already my partner and stands right beside me in the office every day. So it finally dawned on me that that's who the goddess wants me.
0: Well, to
2: knowing, appoint. knowing, yeah, that's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, I think we all congratulate him, and um, in knowing him just a little bit, uh, it's absolutely no surprise to me. So that's that's extraordinary. And then I guess there's uh, there's another announcement for that festival, isn't there? There's is
3: another announcement. <laughs> Wendy Rule is coming to Spring Mysteries. I'm so okay. excited. She, put, she is putting out this new album called Persephone that is all about her experiences with the Eleusinian Mysteries. And it's about, you know, the story about Demeter and Persephone and Persephone being abducted by Hades. I mean, we learned this in, in high school. It's such an important Greek myth, right? Mm-hmm. She's written this whole album about um, the mysteries and her experience with it. It's amazing. I got to download some of the uh, the album because we are writing the script around these songs so that we can put them into the mysteries, and she's going to be there and perform them.
2: Wow, that's going to be extraordinary.
3: Really awesome. Yeah. That's great.
2: So and that's is that in the same place? Is that at Fort Flagler as well?
3: It sure is. It's at Fort Flagler and it is Easter weekend every year. This year it's April eighteenth through the twenty first. Sickle and and spring mysteries are both from the eighteenth through the twenty first, just different months.
2: That's perfect. It makes it a little easier to remember. And they're in the same place. And so, you know, anybody who uh, anybody in the Pacific Northwest uh, sit up and take notice to those dates, October 18th and 21st uh, at Fort Flagler on Maristone Island, um, the Hecate Sickle Festival. And on the 18th, 21st of April, um, the Spring Mysteries. And so that is that's quite a it's quite a lot going on. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's very exciting stuff. So the, um, you know, the other thing that we were going to talk about tonight was um, the fact that we have the Parliament of World Religions coming up and um, the Corellian nativist tradition has been invited. You have been invited. Um, and the, uh, and, and that's, I don't know that people really understand how significant well, people probably do how significant that is to be walking to be a part of the Parliament of world religions um, as a to be recognized as a world religion for Wicca to be recognized as a world religion and so um, you 're going to it uh, so say can you tell us a little bit about it so where
3: Parliament of world religions is um this huge gathering, I I can't even describe how big it is, except for if you can imagine like four football fields side by side, with filled to the brim with tables and vendors. That would be the vending hall alone. It's it's seven days of religious events from religions all over the world, and there are so many people there that it's like the Olympics. I mean, it's huge. It's huge. I can't even describe how many people. But we've started going. The pagans started going. Selena Fox first went when it was in Europe somewhere. I don't remember the details, but it was a big deal for all the paganism when Selena Fox went the first time. Mm-hmm. And so ever since then, she's kind of led the movement of more pagans going. So, you know, Ed Hubbard always to to be making his mark and and moving things along like he does tried to get us to have some pagan representation there on panels and and doing different things, presenting at Parliament. And it came up somehow, and I don't know the details. This would be a good story with Ed. It came up that Parliament didn't recognize Wicca as a global religion. And that made a difference somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, so he did this big world global um research project with all of the elders in the community who were willing to participate. Selena Fox got involved, ATC got involved, the got involved. I got I got people from all over that I knew involved and so did you guys, a lot of people. And we mm-hmm. had a lot of conversations about whether or not we're a global religion. And it was really interesting to see how many things affected relig- Wicca from around the world. And so that we're taking that, and we've got this panel that Selena and Don and I are going to speak on at Parliament to discuss whether or not we're a global religion and what that means and that how that affects us and how... Mm-hmm. We're going to take that into the future, what we need to do as a world religion. What does that mean for us and And what do we want it to mean? How as mm-hmm. witches do we want to shape society? right Very yeah. important stuff
2: yeah i mean the you know one of the things about being on a spiritual path of any kind is there's the inner journey of your own spiritual development, your own relationship with the divine, with the universe. But then there's the outer expression of how you show up in the world based on who you are. And this is, this is a major conversation about how we show up in the world and, and being able to craft that and define that and say, who do we want to be? Uh, and it's, it's an extraordinary opportunity. Over, I and I,
1: I'm sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead.
3: Uh, I- I, Oberon Zell said something to me that I, it just was so profound. You know, you you think that you have to have the world in your head a certain way, and that that makes sense. And then somebody says something, just change the way you think about everything. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with him on the Global Wiccan Summit, and he said, "Well, you know." Spirituality is something you do with yourself, and that doesn't have anything to do with any anybody else. And maybe you're spiritual, and maybe you're not, and that isn't anybody's mm-hmm. business. But church is a matter of culture, and it shapes society. And we need churches to represent our beliefs. We need churches to, so we can go get married, so we can have a basketball league and play play basketball <laughs> with people that are like minded, so that we can strengthen ourselves in ways that a community and a social network does that covens don't do, that a spiritual path doesn't necessarily do, and it works in concert. And I never thought about it like that, but it's true.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and it's a joining of people who are on a similar spiritual path, and so it's a place of great support and trust, really, because of that, yeah. because of the shared, the shared values and the shared vision. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's something that's really important. You know, we want to fight against the church structure so much, and then we Mm -hmm. look around at our world and we're like, man, this whole world is going to hell in a handbasket. But the people that could do something about it to make it a better place are staunchly digging their heels in and saying, heck no, I'm not going to do it because it looks like that that I'm running away from. But sometimes Mm -hmm. we... The pendulum too far in the other direction, it upsets the balance just as badly. We're the keepers of the balance. We need to to look at how we want to make this world a better place and get together and start moving towards doing it instead of just mm-hmm. talking about it.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah and That's it's, what we're doing. Um, well that's i think it's i think it's extraordinary and you know leading up to the to the parliament um the corellian tradition which of course sponsors pagan's tonight radio um was uh, ed, uh sir ed corell uh also known as ed Hubbard, um was uh, instrumental along with a number of other people in the traditions for creating the global Wicca summit uh, over the course of a couple of weeks in 10 days, I guess, in September, um, which was really about starting a dialogue over this network around the, um, you know, around the questions of is, is Wicca a global religion? Should it be a global religion? And, you know, and the other questions that I sort of teed up at the very beginning. And so I know you had a couple of shows that you were involved in and you were on second life in, as a part of that. Um, And so what were, what were your highlights from the global Wicca summit? What stood out for you?
3: Uh, Oh, well, the The number of people that wanted to come together and talk about it was overwhelming. The excitement that people had with wanting to come together and stop arguing about theology, because that doesn't get us anywhere, and start mm-hmm. talking about what we can do, what we want to do. And it really it get, filled me with a lot of hope. You know, sometimes when you work with the pagan community, it can get real... Um, it can get real, if it's not my way, it's wrong kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that never came up in the Global Wicca Summit itself. But also what struck me was how many people did not want to participate and why. There was a much smaller segment of people that didn't want to participate and why they didn't want to participate. And it made me realize that we, we really need All of those people. We need both kinds. We need the people that want to be secretive and do things the way they were always done and not change and not get public. And we need people who want to be out in the world and want to be politicians, wanting to be leaders, wanting to be religious leaders and, and making mm-hmm. a difference, and all of that is what we need in order for us to really be a global world religion and really make a difference. It can't just fit into one particular box, because because the world doesn't fit into a box. It's got to nope. be big enough and flexible enough to appeal to every heart that the goddess calls to, and that... Mm-hmm. That's really important.
2: Yeah. Make a if for everybody. If, sorry? Yeah. Absolutely. Make, yeah, I mean, make a for everybody. It, I mean if, if my little circle and your little circle can't get together, then we're drawing our circles too tight, maybe. Uh we need a bigger circle. We need right. we need and to see what what unites us instead of what divides us.
3: And up until up until recently, what we have seen is People just can 't work together because they want to argue over how you draw a star in the air or whether or not it 's okay to mix pantheons or whether or not it 's okay to worship these guys i 've been told that i can't i can 't have a festival because we, we're Wiccans are only allowed to worship Celtic and Greek deities, and you know they just just arguing over theology doesn 't get us anywhere, and we can 't make any forward strides if we're fighting amongst ourselves over what we believe. But if mm-hmm. we can decide that that none of us really believe the same anyway, we all have, this is a personal gnosis, experiential religion, and what I believe and what you believe can can enhance each other's beliefs but not replace them, and mm-hmm. get on with what we're going to do next, stop tearing each other down and start building something together. That's what yeah. we're starting to see. Yep. And it's really encouraging.
1: That's that's wonderful. That's the, you
3: know that's I I, the world I That's the world that's I want to live world in what? That's mm-hmm. the world I want to live in. The world where we all work together to solve these problems instead of arguing about existential ideas that we can't really prove anyway.
2: Right. 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 And you know, but I I think you made a really important a couple of really important distinctions in, in what you just said. I mean, you know a spiritual path i mean is is an experiential one by nature it's your direct experience of the universe whatever that means to you um and how you know we we all we know from the training that we have received or the or the gifts we were born with that some people uh you know what we call the clairs right people some people see things some people hear things some people just know um and your, you know, my just knowing and your clairvoyance or clairaudience or whatever it may be, um, are equally valid ways of experiencing the universe. Um, and so, the spiritual practice that we're in, is, that we're that we are on, the spiritual path that we're on, is really about that. So it is, as you said, it's a very personal journey. But when we come together to, um, when we come together, we really are able to leverage all of that to create a greater level of service than any of us can do on our own. Does that make sense to you?
3: It does. It does. It's like, it's what I said, when we come together, when we work together as a team, we can make a difference. You know, when we don't, when we're not tearing each other down, we can make a difference in the planet around us. But as long as we're fighting about how to draw stars in the air we just can't we can't accomplish anything
2: right right so uh, one of the what are the, there were a number of questions that we teed up uh you know when we started the global wicca summit one of them was uh you know there was the thing about do people really get direct revelation from deity and there was the question about um um that just ran out of my head right now, but you know what I'm talking oh God, about I mean, each
3: because the, the one I know why that ran out of your head, John <laughs> because the <laughs> the question about whether or not we get direct revelation from deity and some of the answers that I was reading it just it got to me because i well i mean it's just that's what i do i'm I'm a witch, but what i what I'm really good at is channeling i get out of the way and I let deity come through and speak to people through me and I'm I'm like y'all if you, if you've not if you don't know that deity is speaking to people on the planet why are you religious if you don't think God speaks to us why do you believe in God at all god goddess it he she them whatever if you don't think that it speaks to us why do you bother to speak to it, right? You know, and it just blew me away because I just got off of this tour where I went all across the United States, two and a half months, like um, eighty thousand miles or no, it was eighty, it was eleven thousand miles. That's the one where the goddess the meter, said hey i want you to drive around the united states and tell these people this very important message and i did it and 20 times the goddess i, I was standing there in her clothes going please please speak to these people for me because every time you channel you're like am i really going to do this is this really real does this really happen am i making this it up you know and then it happens, and all of the people standing there are like, Oh my God, Deity was just in the room. I just got to speak to Goddess. That was really mm-hmm. amazing. And
1: yeah, I had I had
2: that experience in April at the Corellian Lustration. Um, you know, all of us had that experience in connecting directly with you, uh, channeling Demeter and, you know, talking to you personally, just sitting and shooting the breeze and talking to Demeter were two very different things. <laughs>
3: Right, and I just I'm like, Oh my God, it really happens to you guys, and if you hadn't seen it, you need to ask somebody. Mhm, yeah, absolutely. It, it's important knowing yeah. that Wicca is about bringing deity through a um priest or priestess into circles so that deity can interact with her children is it just blew me away how many people didn't believe that that happened,
2: mhm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's well, why the
3: thought ran out of your head. Well, do you yeah. have it back now?
2: <laughs> no, it's okay. Because the thing about the thing about direct experience too is that you know on the one hand spirituality is a direct experience as opposed to being told something, right? That's right. Uh, you know that's the difference, right? A religion religions are known for having books and churches and structures and dogma, but a spiritual practice is about, uh, is about that direct experience. And, you know, the thing, the the difference for the Karelian traditions, temples and churches, and for your, you know, for the Aquarian tabernacle church is that it really is about shared experience. Right. Um, and it's not, it's not about, we don't look to the book first. We look to the, the goddess first. Um, right. but the, um, the thing, the thing that's that just really strikes me about that is, um, we also very often we will deny our own experience. We'll have an experience and say, no, that couldn't possibly have happened. Um, that's, you know, and, that's so,
3: that's so true. It yeah. really is. And the the beautiful thing about spring mysteries that I really like is that it's four days of it. So the first day of it, where you're experiencing the gods, you're like, is this really happening? Is this really happening? Are these people just dressed up in fancy costumes? Is this really happening? Right. And by the end of it, you're like, holy crap, this really happened. You
0: know,
3: and we encourage people to write it down so they can look back at it because you Mm
0: -hmm.
2: can get away
3: from it for a couple of years and go, maybe I just made that
2: up. Yep, yep. I've had that. I've had that happen in healing sessions as well, where some, you know, something extraordinary happens for the person. And, you know, then later it was like, oh, yeah, well, that was no big deal. Well, no, it was a big deal and it was really meaningful Um, and it stays with you. You know, yeah. but uh, we also we have a woman named Donna on the phone who has a question, and I, she says it's a relationship question. But she's been listening, so let's uh, shall we chat with her? Yeah, let's hear. All right, Donna, you're on reclaiming your sacred path here on Pagan's Tonight Radio and Blog Talk Radio. So uh, you said you wanted to talk about you had a relationship question. What was it that was on your mind?
4: Uh, yes, um, I had a, was having a relationship with somebody, and um, it kind of ended. Uh, he went to his home country, Turkey, and I'm feeling like it's over. Um, he's supposed to be coming home within the next two days, and I'm wondering if I should just back away and and. You know, allow another relationship to come in and forget it because I don't know if there's anything there, and that that was my basically my question if some clarity mm-hmm. on that.
2: well, I don't know that we can offer you much clarity on that in the context of this show, but we might be able to help you figure out um or come up with a couple of ideas for how you could get clarity about it. Bella, do you have any thoughts about that?
3: Actually, I do. I, I'm a spiritual counselor, and I deal with these kinds of conversations all the time. You can find me on Keen.com. But
2: can you spell that?
3: Donna, what... I'm sorry?
2: Spell that website address.
3: Keen, K-E-E-N.com. Or if you want Perfect. to get readings from me, you can just hit me up on Facebook, and and we can arrange an appointment. Of course, it's a professional service. But Donna... What what you really need to do about this situation is, is release your expectations. People change a lot, and when you go to another country, you have a lot of unusual experiences that help broaden your perspective and open your mind, and you might have him come back and be a completely different person. You just don't know, so what... I would recommend doing, and what has worked for me before, is to just open up your um, opportunities to experience something different. Release your expectations and attachments. If if it's not going to work anyway, then you haven't lost anything. But ordaining failure before you even give it a chance is not really helpful. So, letting it be whatever it is and opening your heart up to receive whatever this person has to bring back into your life is a winning position no matter what happens. Deciding that you're not going to give it a chance is a losing position no matter what happens.
4: Right. Well, the, yeah, Yes, but this happened before he left. Um, there was someone, over, it was supposedly his first cousin, That um, he was going to marry, and he said it was over. And then we were fine for a year, and then he went back again. And I, that's what I'm not knowing is, does he just want me here and have his just because he can't be there right now because he is in the Mm -hmm. army, army reserves, Mm -hmm. and and you know I don't want to be used or anything Mm -hmm. like that. That's that's why it's just you know, hard, uh, like I, I don't it's know if he's a
3: hard decision. And then there's that other thing that you need to examine is whether or not this man is actually meeting your needs. Instead of mm-hmm. wondering, you know, um, what you should do about his choices, maybe you should look at what, you, what your choices are and is he meeting your needs because there's a lot of people out there. And if this guy isn't making you feel like you want to feel, then you should keep shopping until you find what you like
4: right and i think yeah. i have and i'm i'm going to let all the promises and everything just go because yeah he goes there and then i'm left here just wondering, and it's mm-hmm. not
2: but, yeah, but i think
4: he yeah go ahead i'm sorry
2: yeah, keen dot com. Yep, that's exactly where I was going. Because uh, I, I I feel for the the situation that you're in. It's 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 not an easy one, and um, I think that it requires a longer conversation. And I, I think that um, you know it would be great if if uh, you could approach you know Bella for um, you know for spiritual session for for some thoughts about some strategies about how to how to handle your own inner state as well as the situation.
4: Yes, I will do that. And what drew me to you, because it's so weird, M- my um, email address is Donna. And <laughs> that's so. So, okay, thank you.
2: Thank you for calling. Thank you, Donna. Yes, thank you so much, Donna.
4: Okay, bye bye.
2: All right, and good luck. Thank you. Yeah, bye bye.
4: That was fun.
2: Okay. Well, good. I think that that sounds like it was some very helpful advice for Donna and I hope um, she's able to follow up and, and create some strategies for dealing with that situation. You so know,
3: relationships um, are hard. Mm-hmm. You just got to work out. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Yep. So Bella, I see we're coming up to the end of our time and I love talking to you. So I would love to keep going, but, you know we're we're really coming up to the end here is there a- anything that uh, you know for sure we want to remind people of the Hecate sickle festival October 18th 21 again Fort Flagler on Marrowstone Island uh here in Washington state and um so anything else you want to you would like to leave people with given the sure, conversation sure, that we've yeah, had
3: well W- Woolston Theological Seminary, also known as WiccanSeminary.edu, which is the website, WiccanSeminary.edu, that .edu means it's a real school, state-recognized college. The new fall semester starts at the beginning of October, which is, what, like tomorrow, so you still got time to get registered, and then We have, if you need us, you can go to atcwicka.org instead of remembering all the other websites, atcwicka.org, and you can find all you need to know about us right there.
2: Beautiful. And there's information about all the festivals and all the events and everything else on Uh, that website, right? All the
3: festivals and all the ministries and all the temples and all the churches and all the teachings and all the everything, sure, yes.
2: Perfect, perfect. Well, Lady Belladonna Laveau, thank you so much for your time tonight. I am just so grateful that you were here for my first show on Pagans Tonight Radio. And uh, I'm glad we were able to get the word out. And so thank you again, and I look forward to talking with you again very soon.
3: Thank you for having me, John. It was an honor to be on your first show, and it's always wonderful getting to talk to you. You have a great night.
2: Thank you. You too. Blessed be. Blessed be. Okay, well, we have been, you have been listening to Reclaiming Your Sacred Path. This is uh, the 25th show of Reclaiming Your Sacred Path, and you can find out the information about the others, as I said, on my website, www.powerandhealing.com. You can also find out about the book, Reclaiming Your Sacred Path. Uh, on that website and a little bit about what I'm up to as in my healing practice here on Whidbey Island. And, um, every Wednesday, more or less, I am also in Bellevue, Washington, for those of you who are local. Um, I'm at Bellevue, uh, Stargazer's bookstore bookstore in Bellevue, Washington, um, on the, on Wednesdays of, uh, pretty much every week. And, if you want to learn more about what I do, you can email me at John J O N at Powerandhealing dot com. And if you have ideas for the show or you there are people whose sacred path you'd love to hear about, uh please send me an email, send me your questions, send me any ideas or thoughts or comments you might have. Um, so the book reclaiming your sacred path is available, uh, on the usual online places, but it's also available, um, at the core store, C O R R store of the Corellian nativist tradition. And you can just go to www.corellian.com and you will find that link. Um, and it's also, again, for the if you're in the Pacific Northwest, you can get it at Powell's Books in Portland, Oregon, at Stargazer's Bookstore in Bellevue, and at Linya's in Freeland, Washington, as well as South Whidbey Commons in Langley, Washington. So thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's been a, a pleasure to to do this show, and I hope you have enjoyed it, hope you get a lot out of it. And if you listen after on the podcast and you have some ideas or thoughts or questions, please, please let me know. And uh, so that's it. That's it for Reclaiming Your Sacred Path. I hope you have a blessed couple of weeks until I talk to you again. My next shows are going to be on the 14th of October and the 28th of October. Uh, October 14th will be just me and you. And so if you're interested in having conversations about how to how to find that sacred path that you're looking for or what you can do to resume your spiritual journey. Uh, please again, send me the email, John J O N at powerandhealing.com, and And I'll be happy to answer any questions you have on the air uh, on the 28th. I'm going to be joined by a man named Dennis Dossett, Dr. Dennis Dossett, who has uh, is working on a book that he calls dancing with the energy. And it's your guide to conscious living. Uh, And I have uh, read a pre-publication copy of the book, and it's really kind of an extraordinary thing and a really, really helpful guide to releasing what no longer serves you and beginning to manifest the things that you most want in your life. And that is my wish for you, that you are able to do both of those things. And as we go into the dark half of the year, uh, we're going to be talking about how you work through that and what what the best use of this energy is in our spiritual lives. And that'll be on the 14th. So again, thank you so much for joining me on reclaiming your sacred path here on Pagans Tonight Radio Network and Blog Talk Radio. And I hope you have a blessed couple of weeks. May you blessed be.
0: To Pagans Tonight. Pagans Unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight.